Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 10 of our fantasy podcast for Friday, July 20th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Alex Rudy and Ray Estrada. How you guys doing? Doing good. <laughs> doing, doing good. Well, that well is put the right only there. answer I've ever given to that question. <laughs> that's I. I guess that's a good thing, right? How are you, Rudy? Yeah. I am on a cloud nine, as you said right before this. You're, you're on a cloud <laughs> nine. So, that, I go with that. that it's, it's more creative, that. more creative than than good. I'll give you credit. I'll give you points for that one. Um, I we're we're doing well. It's still the All Star break technically, even though there was a baseball game played tonight for some reason. Uh, the Cubs and Cardinals decided to uh, to play in advance of the official start of the uh, the home stretch, the second half of the season. So on this podcast, we'll get your fantasy teams ready for that second half push. We'll talk about trades that have been made. One of them happened during the All-Star game, and we'll make sure you know who else is likely to be traded. And then we'll go on to give you just a bunch of takes on, on players, top tier, middle tier, young players, old players, buy highs, buy lows, all of that good stuff. So stick around for that. But first, I would like to remind everybody listening that we want to hear your questions and answer them on the podcast. So if you have fantasy baseball questions, tweet them at BeatTheShiftBP or send us an email, BeatTheShiftBaseball at gmail.com. And also check out our fantasy page on our website, BeatTheShiftBaseball.com. I will have second half rankings out soon okay let's get right into it now shall we manny machado going to la it's manny wood it is it's happening and the way in which it happened was very entertaining because we got all the news breaking during the all-star game ken rosenthal talked to machado about it in the dugout and i guess he left the game early too it, it was a. Uh, it added intrigue to the already uh fireworks filled all-star game that we had so uh Ray, we'll throw it to you. You're the Dodgers guy. Tell us about Machado. Tell us about the new, the new Dodgers, the new look Dodgers. Uh, he is good. What Manny Machado does for the Dodgers is uh, add even more depth to that lineup. Um, if you, I, th- I believe the lead, they lead the league in homers. Um, I think they had the the team also has the best record since May 16th. Uh, that's when Justin Turner came back. But what Machado does is um, he allows second base to really. Uh, not include Forsyth. <laughs> that's, that, that's 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 really what he does. Um, Muncy can play second. Taylor can start to roam some outfield spots again instead of playing short all the time. Kike can go on being super utility once more. Um, so he just adds more pop to an already pop-filled lineup and uh, and sol- and really solidifies the lineup spot. Yeah, so Machado's spectacular. No doubts there. Who is losing playing time on the Dodgers the most and who do you think benefits on the uh, the Orioles side of things? I don't think it's as big a deal on the Orioles side. They don't really have anybody interesting. To no, play. is JJ Hardy still on that team? Uh, he might as well be. Can they sign? <laughs> can they sign players to ten day contracts in the MLB? They might want to sign a few of those. Uh, but yeah, um, the Dodgers. Who's going to be missing out? Because you said a lot of names, and there's even more than what you said, and especially with Puig uh, going to be back very soon, I think from injury. So. Who is probably going to be the odd man out here in terms of playing time with the Dodgers? Um, it just might be Chris Taylor. Uh, Jock Peterson, Chris Taylor might turn into a platoon between them. Uh, I think that'll happen. Andrew Tolles, who just came back up for the first time this year, I think 
uh, might be out of luck in terms of finding consistent playing time, especially when Puig comes back because Matt Kemp's uh, playing very well. Peterson and Taylor have – Peterson especially has good numbers. Taylor has good on-base numbers still despite a 253 average. Uh, Puig's played solid this year. So I think it just crowds the outfield more. Uh, Muncie will find his way in the lineup. Forsyth will obviously lose a lot, but I don't know. It's a fantasy show, and nobody owns Lung Forsyth. If you do, why? Um, but I, I think uh, Taylor and Peterson might find a little bit harder to find. It, it's it's going to be marginal, I think, for them. But if you were making on tolls, getting more playing time, I think that's kind of shot. Mm-hmm. And one more question about the Machado deal. Uh, for Dynasty formats, for Corey Seager, what does this mean if the Dodgers decide they really like having Machado in L.A. and they decide to resign him? What do you think? Third base, shortstop clog down the line, but, you know, if things go well this year, there might be some some more clogging going on. So what does this mean for, for you know, Seager and Turner long-term? Any any concern at all there? Uh, no, I don't think it's any concern. I think if they, like, if Machado wants to stay and they really want to keep Machado, they're going to find a way to get all three of those guys in the lineup. Um, so I don't think that's a concern uh, going down the line. Turner has two years after this season left on his contract. Um, so I think if they sign on long term, that's really two years of an issue there. And then, uh, I mean, Seager or Machado could play third. And if Machado's happy in L.A., he'll be, he's not going to be that guy who's going to say, I have to play short. So I don't know. Maybe I, he's been so far. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. But I mean, it, I don't see too much of, of a concern. We'll see in the off season exactly what the Dodgers' plans are, uh, depending upon what they do this year with Machado. But uh, I don't. They're going to find a way to get all three of them in the lineup somehow. Yep. And speaking of dynasty leagues, Yusniel Diaz was sent back the other way to the Orioles. Really, the only player that mattered in that deal. Um, he's good. He was in the futures game. Hit a couple homers. Good prospect to watch out for. All right, Rudy, you have been silent so far, but I will ask you about Brad Hand, the newest member of the Cleveland Indians. And I think the most important question that Jose Ramirez already asked is, does Brad Hand play Mario Kart? Because he's going to have to in Cleveland to fit in. Uh, I am fortunately not privy to that information. Though any person who doesn't love Mario Kart's a monster, so it's kind of an easy, you know, test. I do want to say before uh, we get into the Brad Hand part, I would say just for pure, pure pan- fantasy purposes, this trade is kind of bad on both ends in the sense that I think Hand is going to lose save opportunities. There is a chance that he gets that role, but I think with Miller and Allen already there, it seems unlikely. It seems he'll most likely get the seventh inning, which, uh, you know, if you're in a holds league, hopefully you can still get, you know, most of the value out of him that he provided, which, you know, going to this trade, he was definitely, uh, what were you going to say, a top five relief pitcher in baseball? Is that too much? Top, um, top Yeah, maybe not level? top five, but certainly top coming into the year, top ten closer. Um, very good. Like, very yeah, good. Yeah, and, you know, and I think you might have hoped that he would go on trade to a team where he the slate save opportunities were clearer for pure fantasy purposes. But, you know, um I, I own him in our fantasy, one of our fantasy leagues, and uh, I'm. I think it's definitely he's definitely worth writing, um, unless you're really a save dominant league. Um, still for um, at least for you know 
until it's definite what his long-term role with Cleveland is. Mejia, I think, unfortunately, probably went to one of the worst teams somehow, once again, that he could have went to. Because with Austin Hedges there and in the National League, you have a guy with really no position to play, especially every day, and who only has DH eligibility in fantasy in ESPN's leagues. And so um, there's no doubt that guy can really hit. But, you know, where is the – you know, he's one of these guys where – we're becoming increasingly common where they're catchers who their main skill is hitting. And how do you get those guys in the lineup consistently in the NL is really been a problem uh, for a lot of organizations and not just the Indians or, or now the Padres with Mejia. Yeah. You hit that right on the head. I think, yeah, Cleveland sent Francisco Mejia, the, the prize of the almost Jonathan Lucroy trade, back to San Diego, and he probably won't play much this year. Maybe September call-up kind of deal. Um, so, yeah, San Diego's probably not done for this for this trade season either. They have a few more trade candidates, and we'll talk about a bunch of trade candidates here uh, that are relevant in fantasy leagues because every, everybody's relevant. So let's let's start with these, these other Padres. Why don't we? Let's start with Tyson Ross and uh, Kirby Yates, who has already been... Seeing some some time in the back end of the bullpen there, and has been very good this year. Maybe we'll get a few saves in Brad Hand's absence, but also could be traded by tomorrow. So probably not a lot of saves there. Tyson Ross, though, do you see him being a potential fit anywhere where you'd like him more than his current situation? Um, I'll ask that for uh, Ray. Um, I think. I mean, if, if you're in a wins, if you're in a wins every league, I think Tyson Ross going from the Padres to any type of contender, I think, is good for you. But um, I think it all depends on where he goes, because there are definitely places. Because Tyson Ross has has had his up and downs. Uh, he's in a very good ballpark in Petco to pitch. So, um, but I think if if you're concerned about um, him needing to pick up wins, going from not contender to contender is always good. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not very intrigued. He's been on the decline yeah. since his hot start to the year. A lot fewer strikeouts, and now everything else is caught up with him too. He's he was getting quality starts for a while, and now he's just he's given up a lot of earned runs and a lot of a lot of whip. So, yeah, Tyson Ross not too interested, you know, unless he ends up going to like the Red Sox or something like that. Um, okay, how about another starting pitcher, Danny Duffy of the Royals, who has been Pretty good as of late against some bad teams. Granted, I think he faced like the Twins and the White Sox in the week going into the All Star break, but he's been good and contender could certainly use him. Rudy, any contenders that you can see Duffy being a fit for? I mean, I think you should really, you know, dominate this conversation since I think you've been trying to convince me that the Yankees should trade for him for like a, what seemingly seems like ages now. So I think it's. Yeah, you, know, you should get the spotlight on this mm-hmm. one. Well, I do think they should. There's there are many reasons why that aren't necessarily fantasy related, so I won't get too much into them. But essentially, Danny Duffy's a pretty high upside pitcher. Still throws in the the upper nineties, and when he's when he's on, he has some pretty unhittable stuff. He's just kind of inconsistent with his location. So, Danny Duffy, with the Yankees, I would like him a lot more with, than with the Royals, of course. And I'd like him 
pretty much regardless of where he goes, even if he stayed in Kansas City, I'd like to see what he can do in the second half anyway. Um, so yeah, Danny Duffy's pretty good going forward, I would say. Uh, how about Brian Dozier of the Twins, who is Mr. Second Half in Fantasy Baseball, uh, going back to that, that first season where he hit like 20-some home runs in the span of two months. Uh, Brian Dozier could be on the trade block. The Twins are not doing very well. A couple suitors potentially could be the Brewers or the Dodgers, I believe, are two of the teams that have been talked about. Dodgers already with a lot of positional depth. They seem less likely. Let's talk specifically Dozier to Milwaukee. Would you uh would you be in vet? Who <laughs> would you would you like that for Dozier? I, I would like that. I, I would like that for Dozier, Mr. Second Half, going to one of the most hitter friendly ballparks in the league and the put him in the heat of the pennant race. I I'd um I, I'd like that a lot for Dozier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I'd, seems I'd, like it makes perfect sense. It seems yeah. like a no brainer. I think we like Dozier a lot anyway considering how we're talking about how we assume his second half to be much better uh and ideally with a little bit more power i mean we know what dozier is at this point i don't have a lot of concern about him let's nail a couple more relief pitchers here who might be on the move zach Britton being the biggest name i would say could go to houston could go really anywhere who doesn't want another lefty reliever but uh hasn't been all that sharp with the orioles so far and we'll possibly not be the closer wherever he goes so are you i don't know are you are you expecting britain to bounce back to to his former self or are you kind of not buying that britain can do that are you worried that he's just not the same anymore i mean me personally i've never really been a fan of zach Britton. i mean i've followed him since he was a top starting pitching prospect years ago which really seems like a decade ago now and it might be honestly and uh considering he's 30 years old i don't really see the point in treating much for him i wouldn't be a you know if i'm a contender i don't i think you know there's only so many relievers of his caliber and there's no reason to not you know be interested in but i wouldn't give up what i get with the, with the bad hand just got basically for um, you know, a guy who came off is coming off a major injury, who's you know peripherals this year are just not particularly impressive mm-hmm. at all. Even though it's only been 14 innings pitched, so it's not you know a huge sample size. But you know, irregardless, he, there's only you know I, I don't know. I never thought that he was always just some Craig Kimball Chapman. Jansen type of reliever where he was just you know so good um you know what Andrew Miller was for a few for a good chunk of time recently where you know this guy was just a guarantee well Zach um, Britton had a Cy Young caliber season as a closer yeah I mean, and yet Buck Showalter didn't pitch him in the one game that <laughs> mattered so clearly at least one person agreed. I don't know like I don't see you know what what that was in the past. I mean, he's a guy who's kind of notoriously known for his inconsistency historically. I, I'm, I, I'm not trying to say that you should, you know, I would, you know, not touch him with a 10-foot pole, but I'm not in love with him. And maybe all those kind of small questions would lower his value enough for a team to be able to get him at a very productive 
price, honestly. I mean, yeah. let me ask you this. Uh, Ray, would you trade Jock Peterson for Zach Britton? Well, let's I, let's I, talk I, fantasy first. I, yeah, I just want to remind you I mean, of that I, I context. For, for, right, for, for me, with Britton in terms of him, I can draw a comparison to Jim Johnson, a who had a couple of very good years as a closer, but was a pitch-to-contact closer, which can be worrying at times, um, especially especially in this day and age. Um, Zach Britton, like I said, had, well, he, I think he set the AL record for consecutive saves uh, without a blown one. So he's obviously been very good and apparently close to the Zach Britton of old, but in the small sample size this year coming off, it was an Achilles injury, wasn't it? Yes. That is not the best injury. Not a lot of guys come back from Achilles injuries uh, in baseball. You think Adam Wainwright? That's probably the only one I can think of. Off the in baseball, head, but yeah. yeah. But, I mean, uh, in, in all sports, really, Achilles injuries are not the um, easiest things to come back from. So that that I, I'd be worried about Zach Britton because he's, be, he's been supposedly close to, to Zach Britton of old. Well, a while. the reason that I'm concerned about Zach Britton is not because of where he could potentially go or how much teams value him. It is because he's just, he's different. His fastball is two miles per hour on average lower than in the past, and his ground ball rate is 10% lower than it was in previous years, and even more so from when he was really good. So Zach Britton needs to start throwing harder and get more ground balls, which I still think can be done. You know, you give guys a little more time off of injury but i'm not trying i'm not buying zach britain right now as a fantasy owner no okay we, we so, you guys, I, so you guys do agree with me yeah as a fantasy owner i am not interested in zach britain because he looks very different in the past i don't zach britain has been a very good pitcher the last few years i don't know what the whole inconsistency thing has been because since he's been a reliever before getting injured he was fantastic um i'll uh, one more note that i'll make about trade cannon is kyle bearclaw is 99% sure to be traded from the Marlins, and he is getting saves right now, and will probably not wherever he goes, so Drew Steckenrider is there for you, as is Brad Brock if Britain gets traded. I did not mention that. Okay, one more little news note here before we get into our player roundtable discussion thingy. Uh, Shohei Otani has been cleared to throw by the Angels. How about that? He can pitch again this year if all goes well. It's going to be interesting. I don't think we've ever seen a position player DH on a regular basis while still trying to rehab from a damaged ligament in his elbow. We will see. He's been cleared to throw. There's a lot of worry with the Angels and their record-setting Tommy John paces this year. So, um, <laughs> Rudy, why don't, why don't you go ahead and give your, your, uh, your statement on, on the matter? Oh, this is bad, Rudy, man. The juju on this is not not looking good. I I think I was listening to Effectively Wow today, and they said uh, that the Angels' Twitter account uh, got Tommy John surgery after they made the tweet uh, <laughs> you know, defending Trout uh, yesterday. I mean, it, it's, it just seems like a pure act of desperation by the Angels to save a loss. A clue, in my opinion, already lost season, and maybe Farbode. Uh, could attest to this better than any of us, but I, I honestly, as a fancy owner, I'm terrified of uh, as fancy owner Otani because I can. Is he in a rehab the arm while also playing and hitting? Is that 
Like, how is that no even going to work? No idea. It doesn't even make sense. And it's, like, it's unprecedented, uncharted territory with, like, one of the most historically, you know, d- d- uh, deliberate, uh, you know, d- most debilitating injuries in sports. I, it's just not... It's just like I'm sorry to ramble on it, but like no matter which way direction you turn or spin or want to, you know, talk about this, it just it doesn't feel right. And I hope the Angels prove me wrong, but I don't really understand it because just there's no way that his elbow healed that fast. If you yeah. even subscribe to the belief that elbow ligaments, that ligaments can heal in the way that is necessary in this situation, which I personally don't think there's been any evidence that proves it does, which, and Garrett Richards clearly supports my case, so. So, yeah, to summarize, don't buy Otani as a two-way player the rest of season, and also don't pick up pitcher Otani if you play in, like, Yahoo, where he's two different players. That's, that's I just wouldn't that's I wouldn't touch any Angels pitcher ever. I think is I like Tyler Skaggs and Andrew Heaney a lot because they've been really good, and I'm scared for them. But I really enjoy what they've been doing. So don't listen to that. I like I like Skaggs and Heaney. You should like Skaggs and Heaney because they're really good pitchers. All right, let's move on to a little bit of like a player roundtable discussion thing. We'll start with some top tier names for you here, and um. Let's we'll and we'll start with some buy highs. So let's start with the best Scrabble name in baseball. Mike Fultonevich of the Atlanta Braves is certainly a top tier player now. And the real question is, are you trying to buy high on him? Because it seems, you know, he he's an all star and everything, really good numbers so far, but nobody's really looking at him like a potential top 15 top 10 pitcher yet but i think he could be what do you think about mike fultonevich how about you ray uh i think mike fultonevich can be very good his stuff his stuff looks legit <laughs> um it i would definitely look in if somebody you know in your league thinks he's gonna regress i'd jump on him because um he's been quietly solid the last few years i don't have any stats for me backed it up but he's always been kind of a mainstay in that Braves rotation and he's like I said he had an all-star year this year or so far the first unofficial first half um so I I, I like Fulton Nevich going forward yeah you know all too much about Fulton Nevich how's how's Shane Green treating you on the other side of that one-for-one trade by the way he's doing okay okay I needed saves uh, yeah I guess okay uh I'm gonna give you a little would you rather I'll, I'll throw it you know, kind of to both of you here. Um, so, would you rather have Mike Fultonevich or Lance McCullers? In in fantasy this season, correct? Yeah, Just... yeah, of course. Uh, mm. I'll take Fultonevich. Hmm. And you see McCullers, how he's doing. He's pretty currently. good. A lot of strikeouts. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I'm fancy, so I should have a more informed opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I you, I think just I always, you know, try to overcompensate for aggression to the mean. It's kind of my general strategy. I think not just in fantasy baseball, but probably in life. <laughs> in <laughs> life, <laughs> just I I think 
just looking at the kind of the FIP and Babbitt type of stuff, I'm going to go with McCullers. It just seems Fulton. I'm not even going to pronounce. I'm just going to go with Fulty. Um, <laughs> looks like Mr. Fulty is going to potentially have a relatively rough second half. Uh, and I think McCullers has the potential to do even better based on his uh, previous strikeout numbers in other seasons. Okay. I, I would much prefer you attempt the full name and butcher it. It's much more fun when you do that. Um, I'll, I'll give I'll give a couple more here. You, you don't have to give a full on you know breakdown of each comparison I give either. You know I just I just kind of want to gauge where he is in in your minds because I trust your your instincts your your baseball knowledge. So would you rather have Mike Fultonevich or Patrick Corbin? Patrick Corbin having a good year, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> yes, he's having, I'm, yeah, he's having a pretty good year. His, not like I don't pay any attention he's to fantasy. Up around an, he's up around an 11K per nine this year with a 2.81 FIP, according to Fangraphs. I, so, I, like, I like Corbin, but not... Uh, like, size of league, but not uh, by a wide margin over full damage. I'm going to say Corbin by a wide margin. His by a wide margin. Okay. His advanced stats are a lot better. Yeah, they are. Cl- I have them ranked only a few spots apart as of right now, where I where I currently have them. So, um, I think we we kind of established that he's you know just outside the top twenty in terms of value, but certainly a guy you can look at as being capable of shooting up into into top tier territory even further. Uh, a few hitters now. John Carlos Dan. We can talk about him for days if we wanted to because we know what he can do every single year he can just go on the tear that puts him in the home run race every single season last year at 59 don't think he'll get there this year but just overall you know as a do you buy him as a top 20 player as a top 10 player how excited are you about stanton i'll, I'll just get right into the, the who would you rather have to start it off would you rather have Stanton or Andrew Benintendi? I think for me, that one really depends on your league and your scoring and your team composition and what stats you need. Because I think obviously Benintendi is having, in a lot of ways, a better season so far. But I still think that Stanton's peak and potential is higher. And I think if Stanton has the season that he had last year, the rest of the season, I think that's very possible. Um, then uh, he's the more valuable player. So you really have to be betting on which one you think is superior um, going to the second half. Ray, who are you um, taking? Um, I'll take Ben Attendee for now, like I said, but Stanton could easily um, just start mashing home runs. But Ben Attendee right now is a little more having a better season. A little more well-rounded. Yeah, not... I think I think they're close, and no, they're definitely close. It's not to say that Stanton won't be a monster in the second half because I very well think he could. I think Benintendi could also be a monster in the second half. I don't think he's even reached his final form, considering even just how good he's been. He could be a monster even more than he has been. Uh, John Carlos Stanton or Bryce Harper? Well, I'm thinking Stanton for sure. Stanton yeah. for sure. What about I mean... in an on-base? weighted league or a points league where walks influence a lot 
346 on base this season by Stan is like not horrendous. And his on base last year was 376, which is like, I mean, I don't know if Bryce Harper's off the top of my head, but like those are like not bad numbers. It's not like he doesn't get on base ever. Um, it's not like he like just, you know, uh, exclusively strikes out. So, I, I mean, Harper's season this year is just terrible. Um, in like many ways, excluding, I mean, they have basically the same on base. Also, Harper's is three sixty five. His was well, a lot better last year, but Harper's was four thirteen last year. But uh, Harper's I mean, is also about one hundred fifty points higher than his average. Stanton does not have a two fourteen batting average. Yeah, but is that even sustainable to walk that much? I mean, is it sustainable for Harper to keep hitting two fourteen? With I mean the hard hit rate hit that he has, he has a forty one point one percent hard hit rate. I don't know how it's possible that he can not adjust the entirety of the season and continue to hit ground balls into shallow right field where the shift is being played or line drives. Even it's not even that he's he's just hitting a ton of ground balls. He's just not just not getting it done, even though he's hitting the ball hard. And I can't expect that to to continue. I just don't think you're putting enough weight in the fact that he cheated to win the home run derby i'm so everybody cheated in the home run derby we just got to see it very very last recency bias i, I think they're probably gonna be about the same going i think harper's a lot of regression up to do and i think stan has some and i think in the end you'll probably see pretty similar numbers at the end of the season to be i know it's a really boring opinion but I think that's probably the safest bet in all honesty, yeah. looking at the two players. It is boring. You're boring. You're boring me with your opinions. Uh, what's your opinion? What's your boring opinion on Cody Bellinger then, who is not having this, the kind of season we expected him to have after a monster first year, but is definitely still capable of doing some amazing things power-wise, and you know, of course, is still going to play every day for the Dodgers. Really good offense. Would you rather have Cody Bellinger or Max Ben? How about his teammate, Max Muncie? Cody Bellinger or Max Muncie right now? I mean, Ray, you're definitely the most qualified mm. to answer that. I, I mean, I like Muncie just because of his uh, uh, chase rate and like walk rate and stuff like that. It's and his K rate. Uh, Bellinger still can't figure out that he can't hit the. Uh, slider at his back foot, so I think I like Muncy going forward uh, for for the season. But I definitely think Bellinger can find some uh, more power numbers going forward. Yeah, Cody I, Bellinger I, hit 39 homers in 132 games last year. I just want to remind everybody of that and the kind of tear he can go on. I mean, Muncy actually does have a pretty similar strikeout percentage, but he walks a lot more, which is you know a key difference, without a doubt. I think. Uh, it seems hard to believe that Muncie can sustain a 333 ISO power when his career high was 250 last year in Triple A. I mean, that that seems I, I don't know. That yeah, seems th- th- this this is this is wholesale swing changes though. I know, but okay, but I mean, at the same time, Bellinger's is 236 and last year was 315, so he's probably somewhere in between. So, I mean. I think Muncy's walk percentage, honestly, is the big fantasy difference. I think that, like, really depending on the scoring format, format sense sets you apart because just historically on all levels, Muncy gets on, you know, generates a lot more walks. And in the super high strikeout 
uh, era, I think that is like a remarkable difference, even if Bellinger's OBP numbers alone have sometimes been better. Yeah, I'll take Max Muncy, please. Um, not by too, too much, but Max Muncy is, you know, really legitimately doing what he's doing. Uh, would you rather have Cody Bellinger or Jesus Aguilar? Would you rather? Um, I wish that I knew these comparisons beforehand. So that <laughs> well, I I, I, to be fair, I did ask <laughs> if you thought grass. that would be something that you'd like to have. Apparently, I, I should just assume that it would be Yeah, nice. you're right. Um, Jesus Aguilar think, is really good. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to say, have to say Aguilar. I mean, his numbers are just really impressive. Yeah, I'd go with Aguilar too. I think the uh, the the uh, I I think Aguilar's big thing concern wasn't necessarily talent, but playing time. So I think with playing time, we know that Aguilar's really good. I'm gonna be bold and say I'd rather have Cody Bellinger. That's what I'm gonna say because what? how is how you? different is what Jesus Aguilar is doing this first half with what Cody Bellinger was doing last year in the first half, and Jesus that's Aguilar's not to say. Better. Well, okay, okay, that's that's a fair opinion, but I do believe that they're having pretty similar seasons to each other compared to uh, last year Bellinger to this year Aguilar, and I I think there is similar chance that they go on a home run tear the second half. So, yeah, Cody Bellinger for me. How about that? All right, let's move to uh, some buy lows in the in the top tier here. George Springer who has not been very good, but still inexplicably made the all-star team and hit a home run. So that could be a catalyst oh, for sure. Don't remind me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that one is stinging still. Him and Bregman, best Astro duo in the all-star game for sure. Jose Altuve, who? Let's talk about George Springer. Would you rather have him or would you rather have somebody like Reese Hoskins? I'll take Hoskins. I'm going to take Springer. I mean, Hoskins isn't isn't exactly lighting it up. And he hasn't really proven it over a whole season ever. So, uh, I mean, they play different positions in fantasy. So, I don't know. They're both outfield. On on your needs. But, I mean, they're basically having around the same season so far. And Springer has the track record that I'm going to take him going forward i'm tempted to take hoskins but you're right that i think george springer's track record might weigh might win out here uh how about george springer or who's another another outfielder how about george springer or Yoannis cespedes who is back for the mets springer because i trust him to be healthy okay it's just a health thing though yeah really okay so like given given both are healthy, you'd you'd expect Springer and Cespedes to be more or less the same players. Just a lot of power and just a lot of good things from both of them, maybe. Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Uh let's talk about Josh Donaldson, who we don't know where he'll be back. So or when he'll be back. Now we know where he'll be back, most likely. How about Josh Donaldson? Would you rather have Donaldson or would you rather have like a safer third baseman? type like uh like travis shaw or justin turner who hasn't 
really had a very impressive season. Let's let's do that one first. Turner or Donaldson going forward? Uh, I'll take I'll take Turner because again it's a health thing. I think Donaldson can have stretches. He had a very good stretch last year. We talked about him last year mm-hmm. having a very good second half. But good memory. Yeah, the, the the question about Donaldson is still when is he coming back? Um, Turner is back and he he he's been a little slow, but he hasn't been atrocious necessarily. There's certainly been some atrocious hitters who have played full seasons this year. Yeah. Um. So I I think I like I like Turner to turn it around more so than Donaldson. Um. I might have to uh, go a little further down the ladder there. I agree with you, uh, Rudy. How about Josh Donaldson or Jake Lamb? Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty clearly Josh Donaldson. Jake Lamb has been pretty underwhelming this year, I feel like. And uh, honestly, I've owned Josh Donaldson all year. I don't necessarily, have, not really have particularly high hopes. But, I mean, there's still that potential that who he was to some degree is back. And I still think like 75% of Pete Donaldson is probably equivalent to best Jake Lamb give or take in fantasy so i'm willing to take the um, risk with josh Donaldson on on a blue jays team who have no incentive except to play him as much as possible to try to get him back to form so Uh, yeah jake Jake lamb has not had a good year i did not really notice after a 30 homer campaign last season not not looking so hot this year yeah a 30 homer campaign where he he still didn't but he still didn't face lefties his first career at batting as Clayton Kershaw came in the playoffs. If that tells you anything. Hmm. All right. Well, let's let's keep moving down the ladder here a little bit. We've talked about a lot of bigger names. Let's go to the middle tier. How about Eduardo Escobar? As I guess kind of a buy high considering the first half he had. Do you think he's going to do that with any sustainability? Very streaky player in his nature. But would you rather have him or would you rather have somebody... Somebody like, uh, let's say, Rafael Devers is a is a close comp there. I I, I like Escobar better. Uh, <laughs> Escobar having a set position more or less, uh, I think, maybe better than him being a utility guy. That might, I don't know. Hmm. Do you agree, Rudy? For the most part, or do you think Devers? Is uh, more yeah, I thought Rafael Devers was having a pretty bad year last time I checked. I haven't checked in a while, I'll admit, but I mean, he I is, he... but he's also young and raw and can just hit the ball when he wants to so i i don't know escobar has been incredibly impressive for stretches he, and he's been atrocious as, for other as stretches as far to be fair sorry just to interrupt quickly has like slowed down dramatically the past like and like in uh july yeah and like late june so like he this question was probably be a, like a lot different if you asked us like three weeks ago than now like he's certainly really returned to what he was how about a teammate of his, or not even current teammate, but you know, soon to be teammate again, Miguel Sano. Would you rather have Miguel Sano or Eduardo Escobar the rest of the season? I think it's like clearly Eduardo Escobar. Am I crazy? I yeah, don't know for, if I don't know if it's clear. I mean, you can't assume anything. I would say Miguel for the, I would say for this season, I would take Escobar. But Miguel Sano certainly, if he happens to get called up next week, or if the Twins happen to sell anybody by the deadline and you get Miguel Sano back certainly so much more upside than Eduardo Escobar so I don't know I'd actually consider that I don't think I'd drop I don't think I'd drop Eduardo Escobar for Miguel Sano but you know it's something that I want to keep in mind as as Sano 
it gets closer to return, and if Escobar really is shown that he's not able of producing anything in, while he's slumping, then I don't know. I might I might change that up. Um, okay, how about Aaron Hicks, who is, you know, I think by wins above replacement was the second best center fielder in the American League. So, you know, still likely to get lots of playing time in a crowded Yankees outfield. Do you, do you buy the power and the patience and just everything good that Hicks has been doing? Would you? I'll give you a comp to make this easier. Would you rather have Hicks or um, Nick Markakis? Oh, that's a great one. Mm, that is good. That might be the best. Well, thank you. <laughs> you made my day. <laughs> I'm taking Hicks because uh, just because of the multi-category tools, in the sense that he offers home runs and steal, stolen bases while still contributing. Um, a pretty solid on-base percentage of his, uh, uh, you know, actual batting average isn't the most impressive. Um, and I don't really believe personally that Nick Markakis is really this good at this stage in his career as much as it's amazing to see a veteran like that, uh, you know, finally get rewarded for so many years of consistent production. I, I would actually kind of give the edge to Markakis just because, I mean, we haven't seen, he's only hit 10 home runs, but he that's a lot for Nick Markakis, but he always hits around 300. Yeah, and gets on base for a good clip, and and will steal some bags. So I think Markakis uh, is solid. Hicks, we talked about it before we started that he's he's good in a lot of areas, not necessarily great, and so he he kind of gets overlooked sometimes when you look at really good fancy players. Yeah, uh, Markakis will not steal you bags. By the way, he has okay. won in the last three seasons. It was Never this mind. year, but that's not, a, that's not a base dealer. But batting average does matter pretty much everywhere. On base is also very good. Uh, I'd probably take Marcakis anywhere, like I said, where batting average matters. But I do like Hicks in, you know, more OPS-geared formats. I think he's just all around a more intriguing player. Uh, how about Kyle Gibson? Here's a pitcher who has had a really good first half of this season and also had a really good second half of last season in terms of strikeouts and just everything else, much better than he has been in the past, hovering right around strikeout per inning, which is something you would never have thought from Kyle Gibson. And his FIP is not too far from his mid-threes ERA. So do you like Kyle Gibson the rest of the season? Do you think he's somebody to invest in? No. No, you don't like him. Uh, let's let's give some comps then, because I, I think you don't realize how really thin pitching is this year would you rather have kyle gibson or sean Manaya? i have no idea who that is you don't know the... sean Manea? Manea? i'm trying to pronounce it in a way that you would understand <laughs> the a's hello the, no. the left lefty threw a no hitter against the red sox this year doesn't ring a bell seriously uh, how do you spell it <laughs> Oh, it's spelled like uh, <laughs> like M A N A N A E A E A A E A. How is that pronounced, Manaya? It just Omar is. Manaya? You can ask him. I don't. I don't know how else to answer other than just it is. But uh, Sean Mayonnaise, uh, you take it. Yeah, him? no, I'm. I wouldn't want either of them. Well, this is a would you rather scenario. <laughs> no, I'm gonna give you a no. Okay, <laughs> Ray. What about you? Uh, I'd rather have Manaya. Really. Sean Manaya yeah. this season, 
Six strikeouts per nine, by the way. And similar ERA to Kyle Gibson, his FIP is about a run higher than uh than his ERA. So I don't I don't know about Manaya. I don't I don't like him all that much anymore, despite the really good start in April that he had. How about Kyle Gibson or Michael Waka? Waka Waka. You know who Michael Waka is, Rudy? <laughs> yeah. I'll, 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 take, I'll take Gibson in that matchup. That also. <laughs> I, you do it every time. That's part of the reason why I did it. I'm going to take Waka. I think his, like, I mean, I, uh, his FIP is not nice. It's, it, 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 is, it is pretty dank, though. He's had... <laughs> I don't. It's I don't have to look it up to a know cool, exactly a cool four twenty FIP. But I will say that his FIP is also, um, uh, for like three straight seasons before this, been much lower than his ERA. I've been mean, two straight seasons. Sorry, been much lower than his ERA, and his strikeout numbers I just think are more consistent and impressive. Um, what makes you say that? Because right now it's over the strikeout less burning. This, uh, I mean, historically Kyle Gibson is not been a strikeout pitcher at all but clearly the last calendar year he is a strikeout pitcher so i think you're just not buying you're not picking up what kyle gibson's putting down for I, I, no good reason I did say no to begin this segment so you're you're not. you're still proceeding under protest here okay uh, noted correct. noted but i will make ray continue to, to talk about kyle gibson because i think he's very Why? interesting and I would take Kyle Gibson over. He's a strikeout per inning pitcher with a mid three ERA. No, I know he's fine. Why are you making me talk about him? Oh, because Rudy won't. I don't know. Kyle, I like Kyle Gibson. You know what? I'm, we're done talking about Kyle Gibson. I, I give him a stamp of approval. I say he's a top 50 starting pitcher. No questions asked at this point. I think he's earned that. So there you go. Let's, um, let's, oh, we're, we've been going a very long time now, and I did have more names that i wanted to get to but i won't get to all of them nobody's I'm gonna... listening anyways nobody's listening so but i like to pretend that this means <laughs> something don't don't think about things um let's let's throw a few names here that are young players that i think you really should be investing in going forward that's jake bowers to lead the pack with the rays i think he's going to be really good jesse winker has really turned it around in terms of the power did not hit a home run like forever and then is now starting to to feel it a little bit more and he's been a really good on-base percentage guy the whole season carlos has all his batting gloves is that is that the trick is that the secret yeah that was like a month ago when he showed that but yeah i wonder if he uses them when he plays mario kart Hmm. um how about shane bieber cleveland indian do you think he plays mario kart how, do you think he's good he at Mario Kart? Plays Mario Kart? But do you think he's good at Mario Kart? I don't know. Okay. Well, do you think he's a good pitcher? To, he is a good pitcher. The, the rest of the year? I think he's Shane Bieber is a really good pitcher. Yeah. And he hasn't been phenomenal so far. He's been good. He hasn't been phenomenal. I don't know if he if he ever will be phenomenal. He's just one of those guys that I think will just be good. He's he's like Kyle Gibson already, you know. I, I I think Shane Bieber and Kyle Gibson is a close one for me. Um, I I'd have rather have Bieber because the age and the upside and everything, but um, they are close for me. So Shane Bieber, high praise. Domingo Herman with the Yankees also gets a lot of strikeouts and just really has not has not had a good ERA. Has not had a very attractive season at face value, but 
has struck out ten and a half batters per inning, and I think he can put together some Strikes better out starts. Ten and a half batters per inning? That's impressive. Yes, <laughs> that's what that's what I meant to say, right? Ten and a half batters per nine innings. How about that? Um, yeah, that's it's pretty good. Pretty good strikeout rate for Domingo Herman. All right, we are going to wrap things up for today, though. So thank you, everybody, for joining us again. And I would like to remind you, if you have fantasy questions, let us know, and we'll answer all of them. Uh, email beattheshiftbaseball at gmail.com or tweet at beattheshiftbp on Twitter. And you should also check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. So that is it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And that's it. As always, Ray. Peace. Peace.